welcome to the DevCom Games Industry Podcast with your host, Lars Janssen. Steve, Ben, welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. Before we dive into the complex world of the blockchain and everything related to it, let's start with talking about Sipsoft and the 25th anniversary of your game Tibia. I mean, what an amazing journey it must have been for you guys. So why don't you give us a bit of a rundown of Sipsoft, the story in a nutshell, if you will. Yes. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm Steve. I'm one of the founders and managing directors to this day uh, of Zipsoft. And uh, yeah, so I've been on this journey from, from the very first beginning, from the very first day. day. And it was a, <laughs> 25 years is a, is a very long time. And uh, actually, everything started uh, back in 1995, which is very long ago. And uh, that was when the founders still were going to school. And um, uh, we, we started, um, in the beginning, we just uh, were playing games together. And then later on, we, we started uh, to get interested in how to de develop games. And um, so in 1995, that was the first time when we we got in contact at the university uh, with the internet. And at that time, there were no games online. So um, there were very simple um, um very simple games uh, which were just text-based and we were big fans of the ultima series which was not the online ultima it doesn't, didn't exist then it was it was it was uh, offline they were all offline games the ultima series and we were big fans and we had this this idea of making a game which which should feel like ultima but you can play it with with people from all over the world and that's when we when we had the idea for for tibia and during our studies at the university, we were working on the game all the time. And um, after after we finished university, we decided to start our own company, and uh, that's that's Zipsoft. And um, the the game Tivia is still running to this day. So we we just had our anniversary, 25 years for the game. It's online since 25 years, and we are very grateful and very happy that, that the game is still successful and that we are still around. And uh, yeah, it was an absolutely amazing journey to this day. Yeah, I can imagine, and uh, maybe handing over to Ben here is also on the call i mean you as far as i'm aware you haven't been uh, with the company for for the entire journey uh so um i mean how did it feel for you to to get on board and, and to you know support this and especially recently in in the past couple of years um you know you guys have really you know brought some new life into into tibia even which is i think unheard of you know after um, being live for so many years there's not too many games that make it to 25 years so what was your personal uh, experience there okay so uh, hi i'm benjamin i'm also a managing director um but currently i'm actually working on a new game um, at the company so i'm focused with a small development team to build a new uh, mmo um, that's what I'm doing right now. So I've been at the company for 15 years now. I had my anniversary on the 1st of February, actually. So um, it's exactly 15 years ago now. Congratulations uh, on your anniversary. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, I actually knew the, the the company and the game before already. So uh, TPO wasn't so new for me. Um, but uh, uh, being in the company was new for me. So I actually started my career outside of gaming and uh, um, I was um, in, the, in the technical um, area. So I was doing IT administration for a larger company and uh, well, looking after servers and making sure that everything runs and works. Um, and then uh, I was talking with Steve because uh, we knew each other back then. And uh, uh, so I came to the company and uh, we talked about company growth and 
um, how Tsipsoft was growing organically. So the company has always grown organically. And uh, we we never hired a lot of people and then had to fire them because uh, we um, we took on too many people. Um, so it was, was step by step. And uh, back then, when I wasn't at the company, we used to meet every few months, uh, uh, roughly, and, and talk about things like that. So um, I tell uh, from the experience of uh, my customers and companies that I knew how they grew and uh, uh, Steve will tell me about Subsoft and um, how they were doing and uh, uh, their strategy for growth in that day. And uh, one day he um, he asked, why, "Why don't you come and work for us? Um, <laughs> we've got a we've got a job open, um, and it would be pretty cool if you could come and uh, work for us and do that." And um, so um, I sort of went back and talked with my parents quickly and uh, said, uh, "So I've got an offering from from the gaming company," and uh, they said, "Well, yeah, but you've you've got a secure job." Right. <laughs> Typical thing. That's yeah. what all parents yes. do, right? That's what parents say. You, you've got a secure job. Um, don't, don't, don't you want to do that? You know, you're, you're earning good money. And um, um, so I said, no, no, I, I really want to do this. And um, in retrospective, it was the best decision that I ever made. Um, so uh, that's quite easy uh, in this case now for me to say. Um, so um, I, I switched to the company and I started at uh, one of our mobile games, um, which was uh, TBME, which is also still running. It's probably the longest running mobile MMO um, out there. It is. Being, being the first, so there you are. That, that launched in 2003 on phones that still have monochrome displays. Um, so that's pretty cool too. TBME actually has an entry in the in the book of Guinness World Records for being the first mobile online role-playing game. And it's still running, so it has to be the oldest one. That's right. It's really cool. And for all the kiddies out there, you know, this is this is before the first iPhone came out. That's right. Quite a few years before. 2007 was the first iPhone. So, yes, right. It's just mind blowing thinking about this right now. I mean, to be honest, it doesn't seem like super long ago, like on the larger <laughs> scale of things. But on the other hand, for for a video game, especially a mobile game, I mean, it's crazy, right? Yeah, right. Yes, so, yes, yeah. yes, it is. And uh, well, I started there as a product manager, and um, um, after a while, I sort of worked my way up in the company. And um, uh, the last few years, I switched to, to management then. And um, I was uh, together with Steve, I did the management for, was it three or four years, roughly? Yeah. Like um, yeah. And um, I'm still part of the management team. Um, but uh, my main focus is currently uh, building the new game. So uh, that's where I am. And uh, so the question that you actually asked was, um, how did the whole thing feel and the last few years, especially regarding Tibia and the growth that we had? And I'd say it this way that uh, the company started as a small company. Um, so it was the four founders and then a few people sort of came, you know, to um, get off workload. Uh, so I think the first one uh, that came was someone who did customer support and helped them um, not delete emails, but actually answer emails for the customers. Um, so that was the first person to come. And uh, over the time, a lot of more people came. But at the beginning, it was a um, it was a small company. And it felt very, you know, like a family and just, I don't know, when I came, I think we were like, like 20, 23 people, roughly. And um, to, to today, we're nearly 100 people at the company. So over the time, what happened is that um, we, we became more professional. And um, um, I think the switch came about seven years ago that, that we switched to being a more professional company altogether. Um, and uh, it was part of our strategy to become a more professional company, obviously, too. So um, we made quite a few changes um, also in, in management and with personnel and a lot of things and processes at the company um, to support uh, more growth. Um, and I think the 
the reason why we um, we didn't do it before was that we were still um, overwhelmed with the growth of tibia for a long time. So um, tibia started as a as a as a student project on university service, and then went to um, you know founding a company and actually becoming a real product. And um, it was at a time when the internet was so new and everyone was excited about everything there and especially games. And if you could play a game like that, you know, TV never did ads. There was no advertising. The players came all by themselves. So you didn't really have to do anything. Everyone just came and it grew and grew and grew. And the company at that stage wasn't um, grown up enough to support that um, growth uh, aggressively like uh, a lot of other companies did at the time. And um, so the company was really focused on just, you know, keeping up with uh, all the demand coming in and actually buying servers and configuring them and driving them to to the server location and putting them in a rack there, uh, which you don't do nowadays anymore. But um, right. back then, you physically had to put servers into <laughs> server rooms and actually connect them with in, the internet. In the, the beginning, in the beginning, we actually um, um, used a screwdriver to uh, build the servers, which we then drove to the to the data center. So that, uh, at that time, there, there was no other option. So it was really, these yeah. were the early days. And now you just can click them and add them to the cloud. It's, it's a different yeah, time now. It's crazy. And uh, so, so I think this was uh, the phase where a few other companies, a few competitors um, grew aggressively uh, because they were um, more grown up as a company already and uh, that they had the resources and the knowledge how to do these things. And for us, the step came a little bit later. And um, um, that was roughly ago, I'd say about seven, eight years ago when we, when we took the step. And um, uh, so since then, we've been um, working in a much more professional way. And uh, ultimately, that has led to um, more growth and extra growth, especially for Tibia. Um, and that's the part that I find so interesting in your case. Uh, a lot of companies, especially the ones that were also around relatively early on, maybe a little later than you guys were, but, uh, you know, uh, the likes of Gameforge or Bigpoint or Travian, you know, all uh, companies that grew, you know, Games, uh, <laughs> I should mention as well, all companies that, that grew rather quickly and had a similar original story but then at some point when they started to professionalize themselves they usually did it with other titles so there were there were new titles coming and to, at least for some of them and they were the ones that actually you know drove the growth for those organizations but for you um the thing that i find so amazing is that you were able to to breathe new life into a product uh, and and make the product grow that you originally became famous for and that's something that that I've never seen anywhere else. So what did you do? I mean, how, how do you, how can you actually bring new, new life to a product that has been out there for 20 years uh, and, and still, you know, people are, are playing it and not only do they keep playing it, but they apparently bring others again or spend more money or <laughs> whatever it is. So, yes. so that's the thing, that's the part that I think a lot of people would like to hear a little bit about. Well, I think the the truth is we never stopped working on it. So um, uh, I think up to this day uh, we, we have never spent so much resources on on uh, still developing Tibia even further. So um, um, uh, we never stopped uh, adding new features and adding new content. And I think that's one that's one part of the secret why we're successful. Um, But uh, other than that, um, what was very, very important for us at some point, and I think it was also like maybe seven years ago, was to really realize um, 
to listen more closely to our players. <laughs> it was very, it was very important to really tackle the problems the community is interested in, and um, to really um, focus on on the things that the players want. So for for a very long time, we focused on player acquisition to get new players into the game, and at some point we realized we we are not we are not that good at getting new players anymore. And um, then we we started again listening closer to to the to the existing players. Players. And that was a very important step for us, I think. So, um, and uh, what we what we know now is, um, if you make if you make the game better for the existing players, um, it will also be better for the new players because there are reasons uh, why, why the people are asking for the things they want. And um, I think we we managed to make the game even better over the years, and uh, that's an important key, I think, to the to the late success of the game still to this day. And of course, what we have to see is that the pandemic had a huge impact on the game, obviously. So many, many players returned during the, the last two years uh, and came back, uh, which we never expected would happen in, 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 on this scale, basically. And um, uh, yeah, and it was, it was cool to see to, uh, that so many old players, veterans, uh, came back and played again. And um, so they, they really brought new life to the game during that time. So um, I think that's, that's also um, very, very special and um, the pandemic pandemic time was uh, especially for for zipsoft um, uh, yeah it has a very had a, had a very big impact we did grow before that though and um i think i think what was important there was what you said that we solved their problems so they had like three main problems which was botting um it was uh, a connection via the internet so um lag um, and uh, server availability and uh, the third one is is uh, more related to stuff in the game so uh, balancing and uh, stuff that came in the updates and um, we managed to solve the first two problems for the first time after a long long time so we did have solutions in the past for these things but they never hold up held up very long so they they were only like short-term uh, solutions and then you know uh, we, we used to have ddos attacks that actually um, uh, brought down data centers for weeks and uh, we actually got kicked out by a data center once because um, uh, they were not pleased this happened and their other customers complained uh, heavily about it and they um, terminated the contract with us then. Um, so, so, but we managed to solve these problems in the last few years um, by really working hard on these things. And uh, the game is now, is now basically as bot-free as you can get it. Um, it's obviously never completely bot-free because uh, they write new things and do new things and you need to um detect them again and solve it again but um we're, we're on the upper hand of the battle at the moment and that is one of the things that i think added a lot of players over the time uh, that came back and uh, played the game again because um these were very big problems and it would have killed the game ultimately if they would have been there over the long term do you think that a success like tibia you know running this game for 25 years is possible um these days so do you do you think like with new games that you're uh you know that you have in the making i mean ben you mentioned that you're working on a on a new mmo as well do, do you think that this can be you know done again that in 25 years from now you know or maybe in i don't know however long <laughs> development time maybe in uh, after development time 20 years from then or so the game is still running out there and, and people are coming back or do you think like the industry has changed a bit that if you have a new game right now people don't stick around for so long i, I think it will work um, but, and there's the big but, 
it's not as easy as it was back then. So um, when Tibia came out, it was something completely new and the people just came from alone. And, you know, we didn't spend one marketing dollar back then. And it took a very long time until we actually spent the first marketing dollar and uh, that Tibia was big already then. Um, I don't think that is possible with a new MMO anymore. You can't just launch it and people will be interested in it. Um, nowadays, the reality is you launch the game and no one cares about it. So that, that has definitely changed. But I think um, if, you, if you think about MMOs, it's actually not building the game, it's building a community. And if you succeed in that, yes, it can last for decades. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think um, um, the, the, the good old MMORPGs like Tibia, the fantasy online role-playing role games, they are very broad. They are, they are um, they are appealing to many different kind of players, and um, they are not as specialized as many new titles which are, which come out. So um, you will find in, in Tibia and in other role-playing games um, uh, players who just want to socialize. Others uh, are looking for achievements. Again, others are looking for the competition, and uh, there are actually many different playing styles which you can uh, have in the game. And um, I think that's also one important reason why it can be successful for such a long time. Um, I think if, if a game is a lot more specialized on a, on, a, on a specific target group, it will be more difficult to, to um, sustain the success for a long time. Um, so um, I think that, that was something very important for Tibia, that uh, you have a lot of freedom in the game and people today are playing the game probably in a different way than they were playing it 20 years ago. So uh, that changed. And um, in Tibia, there's room for that. So that, that's important, I think. Yeah, and I think adapting to your community is uh, what, what uh, you both said um, is very much key to you know all the the games out there that live for a long time you know always yeah. provide staying fresh and and letting people uh you know enjoy this over and over again not just having fun for a couple hours but then uh you know asking yourself the question as developers uh, that the community will ask themselves as well like what can i do a year or two or three into the game yes. what what you know what you know makes this fun and uh how can i um play together with the community that uh, that i help build as well yeah. so i mean ben you mentioned that um uh, you know, when new games get released right now, sometimes no one cares, you know, and you need to somehow uh, draw attention to the game. There's one area of topics, a cluster of topics, I would say, which is also why we are here to, uh, today, uh, that apparently, um, you know, gets a lot of attention these days. And uh, everybody seems to care one way or the other. You know, some <laughs> think it's the devil and it must be vanquished. Uh, you know, others think like there's really some useful, uh, um, you know, areas in there. Salvation. Uh, so, or the salvation. Yeah, it's a silver bullet for everything we want to do so uh if you walk into a room of uh, games industry people these days and you say the word nft then you know it's it's always interesting what happens so <laughs> but what we want to do today is, is hopefully shed some light onto that topic and you guys have been working in the area of blockchain technology uh, over the last couple of years uh, with the game lightbringer and in general did some um you know research and, and implemented that uh, in the game so i I was just trying to pick your brains a little bit and help our DEFCON community to understand that field a little better. Um, so what I would want to start with is a bit of, um, you know, talking about the different terms that we have here. So if you talk to somebody about NFTs, they usually use it synonymously with blockchain and crypto and it's every, everything is thrown in the same pot. And then it was like, yeah, this is the the hot shit you know, and everybody needs to get in there. And if you don't do it, uh, then you can't make money anymore. 
anymore. It's the same like free to play. You know, you got to do it. Uh, everybody else will see that uh, if they don't, then you know their games are not going to work. And then you have uh, you know quite a few that that say like if there's one NFT in the game and if they just you know jump on the bandwagon, then they're not going to play it anymore. So. <laughs> With that now over to you, how do we solve this? Maybe you can explain a little bit, uh, you know, what you looked into when you uh, developed Lightbringer, what in general um, can be of value for uh, the games industry when we talk about the blockchain and how, how these things are interconnected. And then we can maybe dive a bit deeper in some of the areas and uh, and see, you know, how we can um, educate our, our community uh, here at uh, DEF CON a little bit. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh I think I, I was the first uh, at Zipsoft who was um, um, looking into all, all, all the stuff. So I got interested in, in, in Bitcoin, I think 2012 and 2013, which was quite early. And um, I was just experimenting with the tech. I was, I was fascinated by the, by the uh, property that, is, that, that it is completely decentralized, but still it's... it's um, um, well, it, it's, it administrates uh, possessions, basically, even though there's no central database. So and, and I was fascinated by that and I looked into that. And um, for a long time, I was experimenting with the technology and, and with the concept behind it. Um, um, uh, long before I thought about gaming um, uh, in connection with, with, with uh, blockchain technology. And um, um, I think... I think it was it was um, not until like 2014 or 15 when I realized that um, there's a connection between what happens in in online games and uh, what's possible with blockchain technology and um, um, the, the the basically the the concept which is which is important to understand is that uh, in online gaming you you always had, had possessions or people were playing and were actually achieving th something which they felt belongs to them. So they have possessions in the game which are very dear and important to them. And um, since we are running uh, an online game for, for a very long time, we have a very um, thorough understanding of this, I think. And we always um, saw that um, uh, players were um, uh, trading the, the, the stuff they earned. Um, usually it was forbidden. Uh, so that's it's like account trading and these and these things. So people want to 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 pass on the things that they that they earned in the game to, to someone else. And um, uh, that's something which blockchain technology uh, absolutely supports. So that that's that's what the block, blockchain technology can do. And so that, that was when we, we, we understood, or when I, when I understood that there's a connection which you really should um, um, look into if you're interested in gaming and in blockchain technology. So we can come back later to, the, to that. So to answer your question, so um, I think you have to, to separate the, the, the different um, keywords which you, which you said. So the, the foundation of everything is a blockchain technology that's basically just the the, the software which is running on, on uh, computers around the world um, and um, which allows to, to have a decentralized database of things, uh, of, of belongings usually. So, um, and and the, the, the interesting thing about it is even though there is no, no company or no person actually taking care of that everything is okay um, and um, um, uh, it's running even though it's it's decentralized. So that's that's the, the very 
um, new concept about blockchain technology. And uh, yeah, so in the beginning, you usually only had the so-called fungible tokens. And these were the coins which you, uh, which everyone knows now. So Bitcoin is a fungible token, basically, or Ethereum, uh, which was founded later. And uh, all the, the other, other coins, Litecoin, for example, um, these were um, um, coins or like a currency, which you could own and pass on to other people. And um, it's um, uh, managed in a decentralized way and on, on the blockchain. And um, yeah, and, and so a, a kind of a, a relatively new concept um, is a concept of non-fungible tokens. So coins, um, you, can, you can't really um, tell the difference from one coin from another. So every Bitcoin is the same, basically. And if you have 10 Bitcoins, uh, there's no difference between the 10 Bitcoins. You can just pass on five of them and then add three others, and then maybe you have eight. And so they are fungible. Um, but um, non-fungible tokens are basically... Um, um, every token uh, is unique. <clears throat> yeah, these are, are unique virtual objects. So um, they are still um administrated on the on the blockchain um so it's it's still decentralized but you can have uh, very individual specific objects like in a game maybe different items sorts with different stats and um and and so on and um the uh, crypto community uh, and and, and the, the the whole the whole um, technology evolved to that point that um, NFTs, non-fungible tokens, are um, supported in a way that you can actually use them somehow. Yeah. So, and that, that's what happened during the past years, and um, we've, we've seen in the in the in the crypto space many many um, uh, projects. Um, taking the advantage of, of, of NFT technology to create NFTs. And the, the interest um, was, was um, well, it, it, you can say it was a hype during the past years, so, well, not years, month, basically, um, which really um, made some of these projects very, very successful. Um, um, uh, based on the success of, of the fungible tokens before that, so um, people got quite rich with fungible tokens and then decided to invest them in non-fungible tokens. And um, so many people got rich quick. And uh, of course, um, then uh, there's a huge interest from everywhere what happens there and what's, 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 what's the matter. But up until now, there isn't really a big connection between gaming and non and and, and cryptocurrency or or uh, non-fungible tokens. So um, everyone is expecting that this will be somehow important and successful in the future. But up until now, um, it's it's still in its in its infancy. I would say. So let's let's maybe start with with the basics um, when talking about NFTs. If I purchase an item or if I acquire an item, doesn't need to be purchased in, in a game um, that supports NFTs, what do I actually own? The concept of ownership is something that a lot of people talk about. It's like, hey, I really own this. I own the first tweet. I own like Charlie bit my finger YouTube video. Yeah. So what is it that you actually own? In a lot of yeah. cases, you could technically just still have the video, but you, you don't yeah. own it. And what's, what's the difference? So maybe you can yeah. elaborate a little bit on that so that people understand what they, what they possess if they have an NFT. Yeah, th that's yeah. actually a, a very interesting question because... And a, um, and a nasty answer to it. <laughs> oh, I love nasty answers. <laughs> <laughs> because up until now, it's in, in, in the most cases for NFTs, it's, it's just not defined. 
uh, what you actually own. <laughs> it's, it's undefined. So um, you can think of an NFT that there's somewhere a database and um, there um, you, you, can, you can find the information that you own an item uh, or something, basically. Yeah. And uh, well, most NFTs in the past, they were just... Um, uh, pictures, yeah, so uh, JPEGs or something like that, which um, uh, uh, which were kind of um, art based, and um, uh, so basically all you can find in the database is a link to the image, which is stored on some server on the internet, and the information that uh, there's an owner to, to 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 this entry. So, but at the same time, there isn't really defined what this means. So, what what does it mean to own this reference to an image? And there's most no projects. Yeah, there's no license agreement. There are no, 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 there's nothing basically. And um, still, even though this is undefined, um, uh, the, int the interest is, 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 is huge uh, out there in the world to, um, um, to, to own one of these entries, basically. So what is there is scarcity. So um, uh, there, there you, you can, you can define that certain things are rare and people are interested in that. But at the same time, there's no function assigned to it and no, no rights assigned to it in, the, in, 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 in most projects, basically. And that's, that's something which is, um, well, it's, it's just messy because, of course, people who are buying NFTs have certain expectations what they are buying there, but it's, it's not really there if they really want to, to um, I don't know, um, uh, say other people, you cannot use the image because it's mine. Um, no, uh, you, you don't have any legal agreement which you can show that this is yours or not. So um, it's, it's really undefined up until now. But um, you can do that. So um, you, you can give this a legal um, constitution um, and uh, define what rights are assigned to this database entry, uh, which is your NFT. Um, it's not it's not yet really um, uh, done properly, pro properly, but um, um, I think it, it 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 will start. And on on the one hand, you have these legal aspects. Um, on the other hand, um, you have function possibly in certain services. So uh, what you can do is if you have an online service, you can say if you earn, uh, own a certain NFT, you have um, uh, certain functions on the platform. So for online gaming, for example, what you can do is you can certainly find out who, who has which NFT and only these people who own the NFT have a certain item in the game. So that's where actually there's something, there's real value added to the NFT and it's also defined what you will get. Yeah. So, um, um, and I think we will see a lot more of that in the future and more, more definition of what new NFTs are and what you will get from them. But up until now, it's really messy and in, in, most, in most cases, it's just undefined. Yeah, one of the impressions I have is that a lot of what is right now being experimented with in terms of NFTs or is solved through NFTs um, are things that have been done for many, many years just through a regular item shop if you will in the yes. game so i mean as game yes. developers uh in, in an online world of course you can define scarcity of course you can say like yes. of this particular item there's only 10 that exist yeah. uh with a difference at least the way i see it uh you know the items being stored in your database of course you're the you're the authority you tell yes. you know 
these 10 people can have this particular sword and uh, you might even allow trading you might even allow like the really transfer of ownership to another player and uh, you know if it's against you know some purchase or gold or whatever you have in the game you might even take a cut in that so all of these things are, are doable for developers um, so I think where this gets interesting correct me if I'm wrong here would yes. be that um, interoperability uh, it plays uh, plays a major role so I think the the key difference that you you can only accomplish with something like an NFT is probably that you can that this NFT can at some point uh, if you know the things that you talked about before Steve are, are defined that um, you know that there's an agreement on this has value somewhere else so for example you buy something in in your game um, and let's say Lightbringer or Tibia or whatever it is there's an NFT and with that you can go to give you an extreme example right now you get to World of Warcraft and you also get something for that particular you know entitlement you have that that NFT um, yeah. now that seems a bit unrealistic at least in the, in yes. the short term so I would love to get your thoughts on, on, on how you see this. Why NFTs right now? And what's the big advantage compared to uh, just, you know, running the database on your own since it's most of the time anyway connected to only your game or your set of games on your particular platform? That, that's exactly the point. There is no point right now. Um, there is no value Good. added. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much that, for the podcast. I think we can... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the big problem. So um, um, for, for a games company... Um, uh, you know, there's one thing you, you can do skins, okay? And uh, you could have a skin that you can use in another game if they allow that. And, you know, you could run, a, you see a lot of these collaboration things um, in Fortnite, for instance, where you can play an uncharted character or a character from another game franchise. Um, that's totally okay because it's, you know, it's just a skin changing your look in the game. And if your game says that's totally fine with my immersion, we don't care what you look like and you can run around. Yes, these games are supported. You could have an NFT owning, you know, a Wolverine and then run around in different games looking like Wolverine. Um, where it gets difficult uh, to near impossible in uh, from, from our point of view is that um, as soon as you have an item that uh, requires gameplay in the game. So, you know, I, I can't take the big fucking gun from Doom and then go into Fortnite and shoot around with it there. It's not going to work because some first of all someone would have to implement it which right. is difficult already and then it would just break with the game and the balancing and everything it, it wouldn't work um it wouldn't work for the game developer it probably wouldn't work for the player either and um so so that, that's one one problem that occurs um another problem is that um a lot of gaming companies obviously want to keep control over um, their systems and their ip and all these things um and uh, the usage of your IP and items and assets would spread onto various other projects. And also that is a problem for bigger companies. Um, so um, let's talk about Marvel or, or things like that. Uh, they won't just allow anyone to use their assets in their game. Um, why would they? Associated with a certain quality level. And um, what would happen if I go with my Marvel character into a really bad experience and have a video of it and that's online and everyone can see you know, my Marvel character in a shitty game otherwise? Um, that's something that they do not want um, because they protect their IP on this case. So I think um, that that's, that's the bit where it breaks. And um, uh, the problem at the moment is that um, NFTs don't really add a real value for, for, the, for the player. Um, they, they propose a value for game developers and publishers as a new income source, um, but there's no real value proposition for the player. Um, let, me, let me interrupt you here really quick. So if they 
propose a um, value to to the developer or the publisher of, of a game, um, but there's no value for the player. Would you say then there's just a uh, information gap that if players knew that it doesn't actually provide any value to them, they would not jump on it. Or what's what's the what's the message here? Because apparently, you know, some publishers, some developers have been making quite a bit of money with that. Not only in terms yes. of games. I know there's the NFL and others. They're selling video snippets that you own and stuff like that. I, I just wonder if it's if it's just because people don't actually know what what they're buying. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, that, that's one perspective. But um, the question was, um, what what is the value added, and and uh, what can you do with with NFT technology and gaming, which you can't do without NFTs? Mm -hmm. And um, I think um, the the the. the USP basically is that you can realize the value of your possessions with NFT technology, with blockchain technology. So if you own something um, in a classic online game like Tibia, um, it's not that easy to sell your, your valuable sword to someone and get cash out of it basically yeah to realize the real value of this thing because um of course you can give it to someone else in the game and then you have have to hope that somehow the money of of the of the buyer will get to you so um there there is no security here and there's no transaction security here and that's what the the, the blockchain technology enables um, um that it's po possible between different players to trade stuff and actually get well not real money but uh, cryptocurrency for that and that's just as good as money for the most people and that's that's um the 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 special thing about uh, blockchain technology and games that um uh, for example in tibia we, we have seen tibia players trading um, items and complete accounts um, for many, many, many years, and um, it's um, um, it's in most cases it's, it's forbidden in Tibia just because there's so much fraud involved. So usually people are always um, uh, scammed, basically. Yeah, so um, um, the, the, because because it's not secure, you always have to trust the other party to actually transfer money or something for for the thing which you are selling. And what, um, what if you, as a um, publisher yes. running the game, provided yes. the platform? I mean, wouldn't that solve yes. the issue? Yes, that would solve the, the issue. And uh, some projects, like Project Entropia or something, mm. uh, some other projects have done this in the past. But the problem is with that is that um, you will have to um, pay out maybe um, basically you have to be the intermediary between the the two parties who want yeah. to transact and uh, in this case you have to pay out um, the seller uh, you have to give them the money uh, you can implement it but the problem with that is you will have to uh, be a bank basically you need a banking mm -hmm. license to do that otherwise it's forbidden and most gaming companies didn't really feel like uh, being a banking company and um, so um, if you want to to really um, admit, administer um, um, uh, accounts of money and uh, enable the players to to get the money back uh, to get the money uh, the money out of this account. You will need a banking license, and that's something which you don't really want to do as, as a as a individual or even as a gaming company because there are so many things involved with achieving that. Um, and um, yeah, blockchain technology basically so, uh, solves this because it's decentralized. Uh, you are not 
the the instance which which is responsible for the for the transaction it it's 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 handled by the te technology and you don't need a banking license to do that so, so blizzard did it with you know with diablo 3 they had the auction house where they cooperated with uh, the fedor bank so the fedor bank bit this part with the banking license and paying out to the customers um so, so so take apart that it was you know the game design problem that the the shop brought with it and why they removed it but um the whole idea behind it was that players can trade it with each other and they can actually sell items to other people and um you know it's supposed to be a win-win-win situation so um as a seller, I get money for an item that I want to sell. As a buyer, I actually get the item for the money that I want to pay for it. And uh, the company takes little share um, for making sure that it's a secure transaction. So everyone actually would be happy if the gameplay supports the whole thing, um, um, which which didn't work good in Diablo 3 because um, you know the, the, the whole way the game progresses and you just buy stuff uh, to actually get on instead of playing the game. Um, it sort of broke with the whole system. The game worked a little bit, but um, um, that, that's basically what what it can do um, as technology, and where it can solve problems for for each party involved, which is um, uh, something what uh, players then will also accept. Um, so I think a player who sees, okay, look, I, I can do this, and this is not the main purpose of the game. Okay, there's actually a game there that I play, but if I want to do this, if I want to participate in this trading. Um, there is a secure way that I can do it, and that's supported, and that's a great thing. Then, you know, no, no one's forcing you to do this. Um, so it's not the main purpose of the, the game just to trade items and uh, uh, and make money. Uh, purpose of the game is to have fun in the game, and uh, that's why the players are there. And um, I think that's also perhaps one of the misconce misconceptions that you see at the moment is that um, there are basically two communities. So you've got the crypto community, and um, that they do things in a certain way. So they, they speculate a lot, you know, um, they, they, they invest money, they, they pump, they dump, they do, they do crazy things. Um, and they want to earn money more yes. than anything mm -hmm. else. Yeah. And they actually don't care about the game. Um, they, they often put money into things where there is no game. There's, you know, there's a promise of a game. Um, there's some, some random assets that someone bought in an asset store and put on a website, uh, but there's no game. But they'll invest in that. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, you've got the gaming community. Um, players that have been playing, you know, AAA games, console games, PC games, whatever. And um, uh, those people are not, um, uh, they don't have to be into the technology. They don't have to understand blockchain, all these things. Um, and they actually don't care about the gambling bit because what they're into is the game. Um, so these things don't actually match 100%. Um, so what is happening now, what you can see now is that gaming companies are taking things that are working in the crypto scene and just applying them one-to-one -one onto gaming, and then it fails because um, the, 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 it's a different expectation that, right. the, that, the, that the customers have. But now we're getting to, to kind of the core of this, this issue, the, the way I see it right now. So how do you make this compatible? Um, how do you provide value to the players and at the same time provide value to, let's say, the crypto community? So how do you get those those people with this play-to-earn mindset, like they go in there, they want to make some some money with that? How do you bring this together with people that want to enjoy the game for fun? I mean, one of the, the examples that you've probably seen in, in your game, but I, I know from my World of Warcraft uh, time, you know, there's a lot of people that just go into the game, you know, grinding to, to get gold and then they sold it outside of the game to some yes. others with all the, the problems that 
that that caused uh, you know and of course Activision Blizzard was at some point trying to somehow allow this not really but a little bit you know trade against playtime and things like that so those are you know all like door openers but but how do you bring this together so what if in, in a big MMO or a big online game all of a sudden you know this was part of the core of the game do, do you think it's possible to kind of marry those two uh, groups and and if so what does it take yes I, I I absolutely think it's, that it's possible and that there's um, there, there's a, a possible combination of, of both topics, um, which is very, very interesting for, for, for the players. And I think the starting point should be um, uh, just a good game. The starting point is just a game which is fun to play, which is an online game, and um, uh, people are playing it, and they, um, they will have achievements, they will have progress, and they will uh, start to have um, values in the games, virtual objects or, or gold or, or, or whatever. So um, um, in this case, the players will have some some feeling of of ownership for for these things which they are that which they worked for basically in the game and the that, that's say it, don't they so, so a lot of our players if i jump in quickly a lot yes. of our players when, when we when we ask them you know when they lose an item because of a bug or something like that they'll tell us hey i worked months to get this item you know they didn't have fun playing for them it's <laughs> i worked months to get this item we're, we're talking about a traditional mmo no yes. blockchain no nft right so yes, right. So, uh, so I think if you can, if you just look at classic online games, you you will have in the community this natural understanding of of ownership and possession of certain things, and um, uh, things will have value to them. And um, uh, in these games, you will always have a black market. Even now, even if there's no blockchain technology involved, you will have a black market between players who are trading these things. And I think that's the point where blockchain technology um, will be very helpful and um, can, can come in handy and enable these trading, this trading between players in a, in a secure and, and um, a meaningful manner, basically. And, um, and it's, it's possible for the gaming companies to implement it without needing a banking license or something like that. So um, I think that's the, the, the trading part, yeah? So blockchain technology is just, just basically a, um, um, a trading technology, I, I would say, yeah? So uh, who owns what and how is it transferred from one to the other in a way that it's safe and secure and uh, that you can have um, 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 a, a deal in both directions which is secure. Um, and uh, that's, I think, um, the, the gaming industry ha ha needs to, to take a look uh, at and support um, to, to be successful. Uh, what you should not do, <laughs> on the other hand, is just sell NFTs. So um, uh, th that's the bad take on it. So if the company thinks, oh, hey, that, that's a possible to, to, to make a quick buck just by selling um, uh, content or, or items in the game as NFTs, um, that's probably a bad idea because um, uh, all, all you will get is um, uh, people jumping in and try to make quick money at it uh, from it and um, the, the items which are interesting to the real players 
um, they will be very, very expensive, and the real players will will be pissed because of that. And um, uh, so, so it's 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 a bad idea just to, to begin with selling NFTs uh, to, to start with. Um, you really should should look at the other end. Um, if you have a, a game which is working and uh, there 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 are items which are valuable in the game independently from blockchain technology, then you I think you have a basis. To, to, to build on and to actually support blockchain technology. Unfortunately, the, the outlook of quick money, uh, you know, yeah. is, is very promising to a lot of people. And uh, yes. that's, you know, why they just introduce this yes. without thinking about it. I mean, that's always where it gets a little tricky. And it was my my feeling looking at the past couple of months when, you know, when everybody talked about NFTs and when they, we saw a few experiments from bigger companies, bigger publishers introducing them in their games where they then had to take a step back after, you know, community shitstorms and everything that uh, a lot of them weren't able to explain to their communities what the added value is and what, what the value proposition of introducing those nfts is because everything yes. you were talking about transfer of ownership and making sure uh, um, items can be uh, securely transferred to others uh, you know this is this makes sense and this is something that that people will probably get behind um, yes. but looking at you uh, know some optional. some new games uh, where you know they have uh, i don't know um, uh, land that they sell in the game even, even before yes. the game is even a thing and then, and then they go yes. go in there and then there's like people uh, you know acquiring those nfts and uh, you're spending millions I mean, I was I was really blown away by how much money was going into that for a game that yes. wasn't even a thing yet. Uh, yes. I, I don't think this can work long term, but unfortunately, and I have to say, unfortunately, <laughs> it seems to be working uh, for for quite a few people. And and this is the the part that I don't quite get. And you probably also don't have an answer for why it works, but it, I guess it's it's in human nature that we try to, uh, you know, um, play with these things if we can. Well, yes. The big, um, the big problem is also that you know the question is is it going to be long term? So there's a lot of money going in there, but usually only a few people um, become rich with it and uh, someone has to pay for it. Um, so, so a lot of people are losing money at the end, mm. um, uh, in general in crypto. So uh, there's a part that wins money and somewhere that has to come from. So someone else is losing money. That's how it works. And um, I think that that's what people don't see. You know, they just see this shiny the shiny thing at the top and everyone can become a millionaire now by just investing one dollar or something um but that's not going to work it's not going to work for most people and uh, most people are going to lose their dollar and someone else is going to take it uh, and uh, and also i want to come back to the to the um to the insight that uh, the crypto community and the gaming community are not the same they are they are very different that's that's what we learned also in lightbringer um um, that there's 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 no no really interconnection between them and um, um, if your game is is um, uh, interesting should, or you want your game to be interesting for the crypto community you will have um, um, you will have a concept which 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 enables the, the players to to speculate on items and to 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 uh, well it's it's a get rich quick scheme basically which with these this audience is looking for, and that's not what the traditional players are looking for. They, they are looking for a game which is fun to play. They are, they are not looking for a way to make money. So um, here, you, you cannot start with these different concepts and just say, so that's one thing, and everyone will be happy. The players and yeah. the and the crypto community. These these are really different things. And um, um, I think the the right take for the gaming industry is to to look. Um, 
at the games which which uh, in the long term will create valuable things which then can be put on the blockchain as nfts that's interesting but not the other way around so what, what we will see is new games new game concepts coming up that are only interesting for people in the crypto community and uh, regular gamers will probably not be very interested in it we will see those we, we, i think we will see new gaming concepts coming up in the crypto scene and coming very big probably you know in in, in in value more yes. than traditional companies, um, but um, it's going to be they're, they're not going to attract the regular console triple A player. They're not going to attract this player. These will be different kind of games, and many traditional players would say that's not even a game. That's that's something else, and I'm not interested in it. So, um, but yes, um, the, the 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 crypto community. Um, things are evolving very fast and new concepts are, are tried out all the time. And um, it's a bit like in the beginning, we just had crypto kitties. Yeah, it, it was it was not even a game. No one would say it. Yeah. But now something like Axie Infinity is basically crypto kitties with a few gaming features added, basically. And it will grow from there. Um, and we will see a lot of things there. But uh, still, I think it will take a long time before traditional gamers will be interested in these things, actually. So, and I think yeah. to, your, to your point before, if, if a game is not fun, then I think you know most people uh, will probably be not interested. I mean, when I say most people, most gamers will probably be not interested. I couldn't uh, couldn't agree more. And so far, you know, this I think is uh, the biggest challenge that we're seeing because in all those um, you know applications of NFT so far, and almost all of them, I would say, you know, this was just not there. You know, there was no added value. It was not for fun. It was yes. just you know for speculation. Uh, and because yes. it's pretty hip right now <laughs> to introduce yes. it, and I think this is of course not. Not, not sustainable in the long run. Yes. Uh, big problem being there, like a lot of investors also looking into that space right now, again, because a lot of money can be made, maybe not with gamers, but then with the crypto community or people that that uh, you know somehow feel they could be part of that. Yes. Uh, and uh, as long as that's the case, you know, I think um, a lot of game developers will always uh, think about this because they know they can get some additional investment uh, if they put an NFT label onto their product, you know, and, and that's, yes. that's where it gets complicated, I think. Uh, that's true, that's true. A, a lot of dump money is in the market looking for projects um, uh, which just have the the right tax on them like nft yeah. and blockchain technology that, that's true and i don't want to demonize the people necessarily so so don't get me wrong it's it's just uh it's a very uh, a complex topic as you can see we've already just you know scratched the surface a little yes. bit of, of nfts and and it's still you know it's or, it can already get very complex and there's so much more to that space so yes. there was one um thing that i wanted to ask you as well because we talked about transfer of ownership obviously um being the one uh, you know value proposition there so other than that you know f you know looking at the blockchain do you currently see any additional um you know value that it can provide to games apart from this the 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 ownership um of items yeah well there's there are many things going on and many things are, are, try, are tried out right now so it's it's very interesting to look at it and um we just uh, mentioned before the the topic of interoperability interoperability yeah. thank <laughs> you a complicated one yeah. thank you very much um and uh, yeah so it, I, we said it doesn't really work for items in the game, but it, maybe it will work for other things which, which are important to the players. And one thing might be, for example, names. Um, so there's this, um, this um, NFT-based service on Ethereum, which is called ENS. And um, it's basically just a namespace um, and you can trade names. Um, and um, the, the, um, the, the, the crypto space, 
every project can decide to build on these names. And that could be, for example, even for, for gaming, very valuable because um, if you if you um, buy your name, your, your dream name as, as ENS name, and then you are, you are sure that you can use this name in all different kinds of games because they all um, support the ENS namespace. Um, that's, for example, something which is uh, which adds value to, 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 the, to the players, to the game. There, there will be even players who are looking for games where they can use their name because they, they think it's cool to use their own name, which belongs to them. So yeah. that, for example, is something which, which um, um, is, is some interesting added value, uh, which you can build on as a game developer, for example. I find this very interesting because this is ultimately, I think, what uh, is going to to kind of make or break this in the long run. If if we find ways to make it interoperable, if if I know yes. I can have something in one ecosystem and I can use it in a different one as well, maybe not in the same way with names. It's pretty obvious, but I've recently yes. heard of an example of like I think was was it a Prada a Gucci dress or something that if you bought the real one, you could actually have it as a virtual item in uh, was it Zoom or Teams or they, mm. they were they were doing like a test there um so this is something that uh i think is 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 like a small application of, of what's doable there and i think a yes. lot of companies are thinking about how can i make this interoperable how can i provide yes. added value to this or if you buy um uh, you know an nft for uh, an item in a game technically you could also acquire like, i don't know a blueprint for for 3d printing for this thing that only you own or something like that i mean of course it can be copied so it's, it's, yes. it's a bit of a question but but I think I've heard many of those, um, you know, discussions um, that uh, where, where people were thinking about how can I add something to uh, yes. basically just owning something virtual that uh, is hard to, to, to grasp for people. Yeah. The problem um, is always that every service has to support the NFT in, in every project. So um, just because you have um, some kind of dress from some well-known brand, yeah. um, it, it's it's not uh, dressable in every game. So exactly. the, the, the game developer has to implement it. So, um, But I think if there's a huge demand by the player base to actually support certain kinds of NFTs, uh, like the, 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 the names, for example, I think that's a good example, um, uh, then more and more um, uh, developers will su support them, and then then there might grow something from that. Yeah, but um, I think, um, for example, like three D assets, it's it's very complicated to make them work in, in every yeah. game so um, yeah obviously I mean every, like like you said um, before everybody has to integrate it somehow uh, has to make sure it's compatible with the game it yes it, you yes. know it's it, visually but also from a from a game design point of view it's, Absolutely. it's, it's, a, it's a lot of work to, to uh, make right. this possible we're sort of drifting into the metaverse thing now mm -hmm. a little bit and uh, so if you look at what Facebook or Meta the company is doing what they're offering is this avatar system and they're basically saying companies can build on their avatar system um, uh, which is then the foundation that a lot of these things actually work. So everyone's going to use the same avatar system. Um, all games will look alike. That's the bad news about it. They will look alike um, and feel the same um, with this technology. But you can then uh, make sure that all these assets that you get from somewhere else will actually work in all these games using the same system. Um, so the big question is going to be, um, do, do game companies actually um, want to commit to a system of the big tech company? And yeah. uh, at the moment, 
my point of view is that uh, you know the um, the four big tech companies have been pushing it a little bit too far, and uh, their their power over the system, um, also over the gaming system now, is is getting bigger and bigger, and a lot of uh, gaming companies are actually quite concerned about uh, what is happening there, and. Um, uh, I would think twice about, you know, um, giving up um, a part of my game actually and giving it into the hand of an external big company. Um, my game won't work without it anymore. And it's not going to be one company building the metaverse, whatever it's going to be, if it's going to be something. Um, but it will be hundreds of companies building it. Um, and that's going to be the big problem. So, so how is this going to work with hundreds of companies building something that, you know, it's not just running around and having a house. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how it's supposed to work. You know, so, so you've got Player One, the, the movie, you know, which is sort of the idea that they're all chasing, um, where you know you sort of jump into this part of the instance of the world, and this is a shooter game now, and then we play a shooter game, and if I jump out of that instance, then I'm in a role playing game, and uh, uh, my my avatar sort of stats up and whatever, and uh, um, that is miles away. Um, Technology-wise, gameplay-wise, and all these things, we're, we're, we're miles away of getting anywhere near that idea. So um, I, I'm really um, interested to see what's going to happen. And I think we, we talked about it earlier, Steve, today. Um, um, so, so in our opinion, the gaming companies haven't found a, a good match with NFTs yet. Um, doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And the, the one good thing about dumb money is that a lot of things get tried out. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, a lot of people innovate stuff and try out and fail and fail and fail. And at some stage, someone's going to find something where everyone says, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that, that, that's actually pretty cool. And some players might also say, yeah, yeah, that, well, that works for us too. And then we've got something new that will work. And um, um, But it's going to be a hard way to get there. Um, looking at the current uh, situation. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. There, there's one aspect that I that was wondering about as well, like how complicated is all of this for players right now? I mean, obviously, if we talk about NFTs and, and want to, you know, you want to manage what you yes. own. Um, I mean, we have to go into uh, stuff like wallets and uh, you know how you set this up and uh, and all of that. So, I mean, it's quite a hassle for a lot of people to yes. actually to to go through that. Uh, maybe Absolutely. we can talk a bit about this and and what your thoughts are in, in that area. Yeah. The, the usability of all this stuff is a big issue, and it's 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 nowhere clo nowhere close where it it has to be to be really appealing to 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 the mainstream basically. So you you really have to. Uh, um, get some technical knowledge of what you are doing um, if, if you if you want to do something with uh, even as a user not as a developer as a user you have to to understand what the wallet is what addresses mean what what a private key is and um, you really have to to um, uh, have uh, well, you need to, to grasp some concept of, of which are very security relevant basically otherwise um, it's very easy to lose to lose stuff um, and, and no one can help you yeah and and, and the bad side of the decentralized technology is no one can help you so if, if the stuff is gone uh, there is no authority which can help you uh, it's it's just gone and um, I think the the um, for 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 the end user which is not really very knowledgeable about what 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 he's doing um, um, it can be a nightmare basically <laughs> and, um, um, it, it will take a few more years so that that all this stuff 
gets really more usable and more user-friendly and um, we're, we're still very early, um, I think. And that's also a reason why I think um, the gaming industry and traditional gamers, which don't know anything about uh, cryptocurrency, they will have a very hard time to really um, get the benefit of out of all of that because they don't know how to trade cryptocurrency or, to, or, or how to, to use a wallet. And um, it's still a long journey, I guess. And in addition to that, there's a there's another topic that comes in there that is really, really a problem. So the whole thing should be labeled, um, please be um, full of age, um, because cryptocurrencies bring a lot of legal issues and uh, legislation in every country is different. And basically, what you're doing might be illegal or cause um, uh, taxable events. And uh, a lot of gamers in the mainstream, you know, that they're not going to think about um, if I now buy this and sell it to someone else, um, actually, uh, at, actually have to report it to the tax office or something like that. Yeah. Uh, or um, um, uh, is, it, is it legal to actually now download this and use it or whatever? And um, so there's a there's a very big gray zone there now where people are doing things, um, you know, they're just pushing forward, like like uh, the, the early Internet. You know, uh, the companies are pushing forward and they don't really care about laws and the laws don't quite know how to do things yet. So, you know, the, you've got all those countries looking at crypto stuff and they're going, oh, well, well, well we, we, we need to regulate you guys. Um, we don't know how yet, but we, we need to regulate this. And um, so there's a, there's a legal minefield, not only for the companies actually doing these things, um, but also for, for the customer. And that is a very, very big issue um, for, for mainstream gaming. You, you can't have a product out there where um, your customer might actually, uh, you know, be breaking the law somewhere. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we have we have a ton of money in that field. We have a lot of questions, you know, technical complexity and so on. So now I, I would like to ask you finally to to take out your crystal balls, you know, <laughs> and look a bit into the future. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we all don't know exactly what's going to happen. But what do you think, like, uh, how's the journey going to look like, um, you know, for the next couple of years? What what's the, what's the next thing that you think is going to happen or what does it take for a breakthrough uh, in that space? So I mean, we covered some of the areas, but I'm just to you know kind of wrap up this uh, this episode which we by the way could continue for hours <laughs> you know yes. um I, i'm curious you know what your thoughts are what's the future for this i think it will take a lot more time um <laughs> it depends what a lot more means but um we are not there yet so i think um right now both spaces will develop independently the cryptocurrency space will move a bit more towards gaming and the gaming space will find out at what at what points you can incorporate um, um, uh, crypto technology and um, they they will over time move closer together. I don't think we will see um, the, the killer project within the next six months, which, which, which will be the perfect combination of gaming and cryptocurrency and, and, and blockchain, blockchain technology. I, I don't think it's that easy to do right. So I think it will be more of, of, of an evolution of different uh, of these two fields and maybe maybe two th or three years from now in the future or maybe four years in the future we will see the first really interesting combinations of, of blockchain technology and gaming um, but um, it's not that easy to do to write I think I actually think it's going to be later um, for the main reason that I think that um, the step that we need that um, 
uh, blockchain technology and all those crypto projects themselves can actually thrive properly is they need regulation. So they need the states to regulate the space and make it legal and uh, give certainty. And it's starting, but that's going to take quite a long time still until that's through. And, you know, the international community has settled on a standard that you can actually apply on. And um, not until that happened, I think um, you will have a breakthrough in either way. So for, for crypto to become really mainstream, you'll need that, uh, unless it's just speculating, right? But for, for actual product to work, uh, even as a payment method, it's still, in most countries, it's not viable as a payment method. Uh, you, you can't, she can't use it because it's a taxable event or something like that. So it will take that step to actually give it a breakthrough. And um, um, on the other hand, I also think that for gaming, at, at the moment, it's like experiments. So gaming companies are, they're always looking for new technology. They always are looking for new platforms that they can use and distribute their games, you know. So you're always going to look, is there, you know, VR glasses? Can we use that? Can we make a game? Is that going to be viable? Um, uh, same things with crypto. It's not, it's not that the gaming companies started and said, oh, crypto technology is really awesome. Um, 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 I believe in the, in the whole mission of decentralized money. No, it's a, it's a big platform. It's an opportunity. And they don't want to miss it because that's the worst thing that can happen to bigger gaming companies is to miss a technology opportunity and then not be there when it gets important. Um, so what we're seeing now is experiments saying this platform might become interesting later on and we'll try it out. So we, we, we want to be a first mover. We don't want to be last in this technology again. Uh, so we missed one before. We don't want to miss out on this one. Uh, and that's what we're seeing at the moment. It's just dabbling. <laughs> What's really interesting is that uh, is, is the decentralized nature of of, tech, of of the blockchain technology, and it's it's really in in a, in a good sense it's it's complete chaos, <laughs> and uh, so many um, um, uh, teams are trying things all the time, and um, there are so many people right now um, uh, looking for 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 applications for blockchain technology. It will be very exciting to see what 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 happens uh, during the next months and years, and uh, my bet would be. That that not the big players, um, the established players in gaming industry will 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 will, will um, ha have the big successes, but it will come from out outsiders. Uh, just because there's so much going on, and um, um, I think it will be surprising for every one of us um, uh, that some new team we never heard of will will have huge success with a project um, uh, which works in a way which we, we we three have never thought of that's my guess what i also would like to add for the midterm is i think um companies with success um in the crypto space will buy traditional game developers i think that is going to happen too so they, they've got a lot of money and uh, what they need is like the credibility in the gaming space um, and they think that by buying um, a gaming company they will get that uh, i think this will happen and, that they will and, be buying gaming companies and then they will they, they, they will fail that's my guess yes yes <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to add that too yes yeah. <laughs> You know, but that's what I see for well, the next one, two years happening as well, yes. So many opportunities. I think that's what we can all agree on for many people, maybe including our audience here. You know, I mean, Steve, you said like, might be a small team that we haven't yes. even thought of who's, uh, you know, going to crack this uh, thing. So uh, I think there's going to be a very exciting few years ahead of us and, uh, you know, yes. seeing what happens there. I want to thank you so much, um, Ben and Steve, for um, being here for this uh, episode today with uh, lots of insights into that space. 
space. Uh, I think we covered at least a few uh, topics right now. Uh, you, we would have to talk um, a lot more <laughs> yes. know, to to really um, dig deeper into uh, some of the minefields uh, that we're talking about. Um, but I uh, think it was super helpful uh, for our DevCom community. And uh, thank you very much for being part of uh, this podcast. We get together at some point and see where we stand uh, you know, yeah. in terms of blockchain and NFTs. Thank you, Th guys. Th Thank you for having us. It was, it yeah. was fun speaking, talking yeah. about it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to the DevCom Games Industry Podcast, presented by DevCom.Global, produced by Sven Vossing. Executive producer, Stefan Reichart. Music by WeLoveIndies.com. Supported by Biodynamic, high-quality headphones, microphones, and conference systems for professional musicians and gamers. Made in Germany.